0: Welcome, welcome everyone to the Enthusiast Life patron episode number 18. Oh my goodness, I can't believe we are 18 episodes into this. Thank you guys so much for continuing to support the show. You know, this community that we've built um, around this podcast and through the Discord and even through Twitter and all of that um, is just incredible, man. I, I, every day, just love interacting with you guys, love having so much fun. I know we've, we've built some friendships with many of you out there, uh, either between myself and you, or, or you know just you guys coming together, um, it's pretty awesome, and it's been great to see here. And uh, again, I, I thank you so much uh, for just inspiring me to do the show every day. You know, I, I have so much fun continuing to do this show. And uh, if you're listening to this in the normal podcast feed, and you would like to have early access to this, or like to be a guest on the show, like some of the guys you're going to hear coming up in a bit, uh, you can find that link down in the show notes and learn how you can help support the show and. Of course, if you are a supporter of the show and you are listening to this early, big, big thank you to you um, for uh again continuing to drive me to create the show. So we got a great one here this month. Uh some great conversations here coming up. Uh so stick around and enjoy them, and I'll catch you on the flip side. All right, so joining me now, longtime patron of the show and my Iron Man and Marvel Champions neilius neilius what's up dude hey mark thanks for having me on hello everyone good to have you man I, I i say you're my iron man you're my iron man for now you're my tony stark right now but who yeah. knows where we're going to be in the future here as we kind of move forward through some of these uh villainous encounters we'll see what what kind of shakes out here but uh um, yeah
1: well i was pretty happy we got through all of them first first shot with the rise of the red skull that was a lot of fun i'd yeah. like to revisit that um in the future but this week we'll we'll be starting into our outer space adventure <laughs> heading galaxy's most wanted so i think we're yeah. gonna stick with the same team right
0: yeah the plan for now i think is to stick with the same team because i think you know we have a good setup where you know we, we got some damage we got some thwarting we got all mm-hmm. that but we'll see i mean because i'll tell you man have you played did you get end up getting gamora no no, no. but i i heard you talking about Oof. her today and she sounds like a lot yeah. of fun I mean, there, there's definitely, you know, her, and then, I mean, Star Lord's kind of that risk-first risk, risk first reward, yeah. but it seems like, you know, these heroes may be built, especially then even you bring in Rocket and Group, they're probably yep. built to help you get through Galaxy's Most Wanted, but I think we got a good team, so we'll see where we end up. Um, at least the yeah. first couple encounters, we might be okay. We'll see where, <laughs> as we kind of get towards the end, I'm sure we'll have some issues, but... Um, yeah, I think we'll I think this we week we'll be fine. It's, it's really fun because they
1: bring in this uh, modular set, which is basically part of the villain deck that you have to customize, and um, one of them is uh, ship, ship command, and it actually gives the heroes an extra card, and it gives you the Milano, and you can you can control that, and there's a few different things you can do with it. Basically, it's a extra resource you can use and it and it gets kind of passed around to the first player Mm -hmm. and so they they can choose okay exhaust it for an extra resource but then depending on the scenario it can reduce threat or remove some sort of counters uh, on the villain and I think every every villain in the campaign uses it Um, and they each have their environments which are their ships and uh yeah so it it, they really hit theme with this one i think um we'll, we'll see as we go into it but the first one uh we're against drang and he's got a ship and in the uh kind of the first phase is you're in a ship combat but then if you get to the second uh main scheme it's like he came down to earth to uh invade and he's like hurting civilians on the ground so you can use you can also use your ship to do damage to the minions. Th- like, huh. uh, just kind of transports you into the different environments. And it's a really good use of the env- environment cards. Yeah. yeah. So cool, man. A I mean, few, yeah.
0: Because where did we get the first environment cards were in Rise of the Red Skull, right? With Absorbing Man? I think is where we kind of had those. Where he's I between steel. So. They, those were considered environment cards is what they were calling those. Yeah. But these seem to go to the next step. You know, where you're actually, like you said, adding the ship's... And all that, yeah. and I mean, I would love to be just sitting at the table while they're like brainstorming these game yeah. designs, right? I mean, it's just the sky's the limit with this. I mean, what's next? I mean, imagine what a Infinity set is going to be like, where it's right. like Thanos. I mean, you're going to be going to different planets and things like yeah. that just across the universe. I mean, there's so many different things they can do with it. It's it's really cool. And I know, I, I seem like, I remember years ago, Chris and I always seemed like the Marvel Unlimited shills. Now I'm like the Marvel Champion shill, because it seems like I'm always <laughs> somehow talking about Marvel Champions. I mean, hell, I was on that Destiny podcast, the last word podcast, Friday. And
1: yeah. in my intro,
0: they were talking about Marvel <laughs> Champions, and even at the end of the show, I'm plugging Marvel Champions. But it's it really is a great game. Like It's, it's awesome. I love it. It's a lot of fun, and it, like...
1: There's other games like this too that I just never really heard about before. Like I played those like player versus player um, card games in the mm-hmm. past, like Pokemon, and I've heard of like Magic and um, Yu-Gi-Oh and stuff like that, but I didn't realize that they made this living card game where they're throwing out new shit, new sets. And I think the thing about it being cooperative is really attractive yeah. to me too. And, uh, again, playing, playing solo is
0: just awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's <laughs> I played what, so, so many games solo. <laughs> I know. What did you say it was like 60 or 70 something you were up to? Yeah. Something that's... like that. This is, I haven't spent
1: this much time with one game in years. Wow. Like I, I seem to find just enough time to get in a game. I'm like, Oh, I've got 20 minutes. I can, I can take out Rhino easily. Yeah. So yeah, it's a lot of fun just setting it up and you, you can have the decks kind of ready, so you just pull them out, shuffle them a bit, and and start playing. Yep, so. you're ready
0: to go. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, every time you play, it's always different. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most most board games aren't like that. Like, I mean, sure, you know, your dice rolls are going to be different for a game like Monopoly, but in the end, it's still the same game. You know, and, and not that that's yeah. a, a solo game, but every time you play that, it's the same pretty much, you know, where in this... Yeah. The, it's all in how those cards are pulled, and that's why it really is adaptable to be played solo. It's it's cool. And then every time a new hero comes out, new cards added to the mix, you know, or a new set like Galaxy's Must Wander. Here's five new villains and two new heroes, and then all these new modules you can throw into your old decks as well. It, it really it's pretty neat. I mean, I, even I mean, what's the name of the one podcast? Is it Marvel Champions Monthly? Is that the one that? Yeah. Yeah. They, they had a whole it, episode about role playing and like. I didn't oh. listen to the episode yet. I don't know if you've listened to that one yet, but like... No. I never even thought of that. Like you could play in like how you would play a tabletop D&D. You could essentially role play these characters as well. I don't think that's anything I would ever get into, but that's a whole angle of this game that is something else, you know, that you can do with it, which is kind of cool. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know, Mark. I, I think uh, you you gave off... Uh,
1: Avengers assemble there a couple times like come I on have. guys we got we got to do yeah. some damage here like <laughs> stop playing around let's take him out yep. now and it and i was inspired by it because taking that leadership thing, role man yeah yep. and you know we a turn or two after that he he was done you just got to Like, I think one problem I have is, especially with Iron Man, he's all about the setup and I'm setting, setting things up, keeping threat under control. But when I pull those, those hero specific cards that do the big damage, I should just be using them. Right. That's our main goal is doing damage and getting rid of the villain.
0: So take that villain out. They can't scheme no more, man. And we're saving those people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You gotta think that way. You gotta think that way. (laughs) Yep, but uh, what do you got for this month, man? Enough about Marvel Champions, but because we could probably talk all <laughs> the yeah. whole spot here about it. Um, what yeah. you got for this month, man? So uh, you've inspired me
1: with with uh, all your talk about Mass Effect yeah. to jump to jump in. I'm on i um, I've got like a three month thing for the PC Game Pass, and now that they have EA Games or EA Play, whatever mm-hmm. it is, as part of that, um, the whole Mass Effect. Series is on there, so uh in anticipation of you talking about the first one and how fun it is, I I downloaded that and I played that a little bit. How are you? Are you still enjoying that? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm
0: now. Let's see. I went to Pharos. Well, you do the Eden Prime thing. You go to the. You're at the Citadel, right? Did you go there? Yes. Okay. Are you off yeah, the I'm Citadel? Just about, no, I'm okay. just learning about. No, I'm just learning
1: about like there's the computer there or whatever and uh yep. she's teaching you about the history and and you, you were saying it too i think you said you were listening to um some sort of lore podcast lore-cast, on yeah and yeah i was getting definitely dragged in like not a lot of games i go through all of the dialogue options and i like want to learn more about it usually it's like come on skip this skip this let's get to the action but i'm finding with with this game i'm intrigued about you know okay who are all these races how's everything set up okay there's a council and then there's ambassadors for some of the other races and it's very neat
0: yeah i mean the the one thing to think about with this game and i said it was like they they basically built the universe before they did the game and so the history is there and your place like the humanity's place in the beginning of mass effect one is we've only really been on the scene for like 35 years maybe that might even be longer than what it really is it's only a handful of decades and like some of the characters you meet I don't know if you've met you you have met an Asari because there is an Asari on the council it's the I'm going to say what looks like to be a woman on on the council although the Asaris are kind of non-gender although they they look to the other races very female-like um their lifespan is about a thousand years so okay For humanity to only be on the scene and have found the Citadel for 35 years is nothing, you know. But yet, humans being humans, we're kind of coming onto the scene like, we want to be a specter. You know, we're ready to go. Put us on the council. We want to get on there. And it's just like this whole (laughs) weird dynamic. And meanwhile, you have races out there like the Krogans who are kind of – I don't know if you've met a Krogan yet. They're kind of like real big, almost like – Not They look more like a lizard or kind of a dragon, but like in a big suit kind of. You may have come across Rex, I think at this point, you might have bumped into him briefly on the Citadel. Um, Mm -hmm. But like, you know, they've been part of the, uh, what do you want to call it, the the regular known space and part of the Citadel for years, but yet they don't have anybody in the council. You know, and so it's like, where what are the politics there? And then to learn how they've been used in the past, which you'll you can learn in the Codex, or you know, I'm sure some dialogue options with Rex if you eventually get him as a party member, um, you'll learn a lot of that. And it's like, man, like there is just so much here, man. Um, I would like I want you to listen to the lore podcast because I think it would really open up kind of just the way that you would see the world and, and you might enjoy it more. But in the same sense, I don't want you to because that's kind of the fun of it all. You know, like some of it would yeah. definitely be spoiled for you if you did that. I mean, if anything, if you like reading the first book that was out is excellent. It follows, um, the, um, uh, what's his name? Commander Anderson, who is kind of like the, your commanding officer that you kind of meet. And then, yeah. uh, Saren, who is kind of the, the specter who in the very first mission took somebody out, you know, he was yeah. kind of the specter that you ultimately kind of end up kind of chasing through a lot of this game. Um, the two of them and it, it's their history prior to this oh, game. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of read it, kind of learn, and it, it'll set up like how humanity, you know, found the Citadel, how we ended up going to space and all that. All that is in that book. And then it follows Anderson and Saren kind of on a mission. And so you kind of learn their backstories. And then so that was cool for me when I first played the game. It was like, oh, that's what Anderson looks like. And I kind of knew their history yeah. and then was able to kind of just experience the game as it kind of came out at that point. Um, but the, wow, I, I'm, I'm cool. just shocked there has not been a series for this show. I mean, there has been some animated shorts or some comics, multiple books, but like how has this not been picked up as either either live action or even just an animated series? Like there is so much here that they could could go off of. Um, even if they just told the stories that are already told here in these these games, they could just do that and you know, make it come to life. But yeah, maybe they'll get No, there.
1: it's it's super um interesting for sure.
0: And yeah, I did see that there's there are comics as well. Have you checked those out at all? uh i mean back as they were kind of releasing uh, you yeah. know from what i can remember i did um but i mean don't i don't i wouldn't want you to read any of them because i don't think they came out until like midway between some of the releases or even more yeah. like promotional things for the games as they uh, were coming yeah. out so but yeah
1: on the whole um like video game comics i it seems like a lot dark horse makes a lot of them mm-hmm. um i got i bought the series that they did on god of war um whenever what 2018 whenever i think it was leading up to the game's release and Mm -hmm. or right after Uh, i don't remember but uh really neat it was it was cool to get in there for sure and the art was great and basically it just types you up wants you wants you to go jump back into that
0: world some of the uh halo books i know are pretty good i have a Like, one of the original releases, I think Marvel put out, like, a hardcover book. And then, I think then it jumped away from Marvel and went to somebody else. And I've, I've gotten those out of my library, kind of, like, here and there. Um, but I've never really been, like, you know, deep into those those comics. But, I mean, that's a whole other universe, too, that's just... The lore and the history. I mean, there's like thirty some odd Halo books or something that are yeah. out there. And even still, I do listen. There's a couple of shows. There's Podcast Evolved I listen to uh, every once in a while, and then still Podtacular. I'll kind of dip in um, on that show, which was kind of like the, one of the original podcasts I ever listened to, um, because even that you know universe is just filled with so much history and lore. With the, you know, it's funny in um, what is it in Mass Effect? It's the Protheans were kind of the ones that came before us. And then in Halo, it's the was it the Forerunners? I think with the Forerunner technology. And so there's whole books that are just about yeah. the Forerunners. You know, there's like a whole trilogy of just a couple hundred years, you know, before the events of Halo and all that. And I think even Mass Effect has there's whole lore stories of all the Protheans and you know, all that you can kind of jump into as well. You know, if you want to, um, it's just awesome how these video games you know have such rich and storied lore. You know, a lot of people kind of yeah. miss that. You just play the game for, you know, eight, 10 hours if it's kind of a shorter game and then just move on. But um, there's whole communities and sects of people that are all into this. And, and you know, obviously people creating it as well. Um, yeah. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's neat how they can just take something and multimedia all all over the place, just expand on that world, eh, similar to what, you know, Marvel and, and Star Wars are doing, but... There's just so much out there that yeah. if, you, if you like something, there's something you can find more on it for <laughs> sure. And then all the fan
0: made stuff too. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's one of the things that I've, I love about podcasts is like, you know, you, you can always find like something you're interested in. I almost guarantee you, you can find a podcast of like-minded people who are into the same stuff. You know, like yeah. I remember, you know, for my wife before she was listening to podcasts, I was like, you know, she was rewatching like uh, Beverly Hills, 90210 and i was like i bet you there's a 90210 rewatch or whatever and sure enough there was and she listens to it still to this day like that was like one of her first podcasts um, because it's like hey here's you know people who are fans of the show and they're breaking it down and all that and that's yeah that's what it is it's kind of living in this geek culture man it's it's awesome having that those type of things now you mentioned earlier today on our discord about elder scrolls i mean you want to talk yes. about a series that has some lore i mean those guys they have just straight up lore masters working at bethesda you know it's it's ridiculous Um, the amount of content you can get there if you really want to dive deep
1: yeah I haven't well I've I've dabbled in a a bunch of the games most probably um, Skyrim because that came out on Switch and I was like okay yep this is a game I'm going to play so I got I got through there but I I love that universe and um, started playing ESO I'm still within that base game but uh, every time you're talking about it I'm like yeah gotta get back to that (laughs) and uh, like you sent out the uh latest trailer for the. Did you watch it? uh I kind of started it, oh, but I, I haven't I'm gone through it yet. But it seemed like I was kind of busy with something, and it was like a, a bit story heavy. So it I is, go yeah. Back when this I, is when I can focus and listen. I was
0: going to say usually they put these out, and it's more just like, hey, here's some either a CGI thing or you know a little bit of gameplay. This is like a guy talking over it, almost kind of narrating and like setting up the story. Mm-hmm. And they've never done a trailer like this. And so it kind of, like, took me back, like, when it first came out. But then by the end, I was, like, hyped. Like, oh, my God, I can't wait for Blackwood. Like, I can't (laughs) wait to get into that. And I'll tell you, right now they have, I think, double XP going up until – I forget what date it is. So they're trying to get people so you can kind of level up. And, I mean, technically, you could even jump into Blackwood where you are. Like, you don't even need to play – you can just start a fresh character and go right into Blackwood. Like, that's the way that game is structured where, you know, go anywhere, do anything you want. I mean, it's an Elder Scrolls game. That's kind of what they – kind of how they set that up now talking about the lore too the cool thing about ESO is it's like a thousand years before any of the other Elder Scrolls games so right. if you've played Oblivion at this point you see what's his name Runes Runes Daga, I think is his name he's kind of like the bad guy of this by Oblivion like you see him where he knows how to open the portals to you know the Badlands and all that what we're going to experience in Blackwood was him kind of starting that you know, so that's it's kind of that's kind of linking the two together. So it's like, all right, you can go play Oblivion, and it's you know going to be the end of the world. And sure, what we're doing at Blackwood, it still is too. But this is kind of this, uh, you know, um, God kind of starting to dabble in the the idea of opening portals up to Nern, is kind of what they call you know Earth, the Earth realm in uh, okay. the Elder Scrolls. But it's like kind of starting to set up those portals, which is kind of neat. So it's like that's where Elder Scrolls Online is neat. They're kind of able to look at what the other games have done. And then kind of set up the backstory, but have us play through that backstory, which is um, pretty cool. And really, it is actually two two totally different studios. There's ZeniMax Online are the ones that do Elder Scrolls Online. And the right. Bethesda Game Studios is the one that does Elder Scrolls. And they say that they're two like lore masters and all that. Their teams are just constantly in constant communication. So like That's even awesome. things that will be in Elder Scrolls 6 they're making sure that in Elder Scrolls Online, anything kind of done and set up there will still makes sense you know if anything ever comes up in elder scrolls 6 and you know some side quest or whatever it is um they'll always it'll always be like consistency kind of throughout them all which is cool yeah so and um microsoft bought both right zenimax yeah oh yeah microsoft so yeah technically i mean they're all they're the same it's just really two different teams that are working on them but um yeah microsoft owns them (laughs) so (laughs) yep they got them both so
1: yeah i i haven't been in the xbox game since the original and but uh, i'm happy that they're putting everything on pc i think i think this uh, game pass for pc they it keeps getting better at at first it wasn't kind of as good here all the good things about game pass but then it's very limited on the pc but now ea is part of it and Mm -hmm. most games are are coming to both so yeah well i was gonna say any uh, any microsoft
0: first party game is now gonna be on both so you know halo you'll get day one uh the next gears of war you'll get day one in starfield you know the next bethesda big game day one pc and (laughs) xbox game pass i mean that's ridiculous yeah
1: it's it's perfect like pay that low monthly fee and you can play everything instead of you know it really helps with people like me that just jump around from game to game like Mm -hmm. i rarely well besides marvel champions i'm not playing the same game every week kind of thing i'm just trying it out and yeah. if it sticks i'll do it but i haven't really had a game like that in a while so uh i'll definitely be be checking more of the game pass stuff yep. out for sure
0: yep. and if there's nothing there that you want you can always stop your subscription and then when a yeah. new game comes out just jump back in that's a cool thing about yeah it. that now, uh
1: D game coming out yeah is what is, looking, that, is that this week pretty good I'm not sure, but I think that's coming to Game Pass too. I don't know yeah. if that's coming to the PC, but um,
0: I think it is. I want to say it might awesome. even be only on PC. Maybe I don't think it's. Uh, oh. What was the name of that game? Yeah, I know people are probably like, "Oh, what game is it?" It's not the third person action game. What game was that? Let me let me look it up. It was. Oh, that's
1: what I that's what I was talking about. That third person action when they had
0: that. That's not trailer kind of Game Pass the, though, is Ozzy. it? I, oh maybe uh, no the one that, that uh was... in our discord m m uh Emcel was talking about um Solasta, oh, right. it's called and it's like a yeah. turn-based tactical kind of isometric oh game. okay so but still it still looks pretty awesome like yeah. it looks that looks like it's a neat game too and that is coming to game Pass. Yeah. um
1: yeah those uh isometric turn-based what was the other one um divinity original sin I right yeah it's kind like of like that yep yeah a lot of fun getting into that turn based, very strategic, uh, kind of games like that is, is that I'm good. terrible at. <laughs> it seemed it seem with that one just like you have to be very precise with your AoE uh, shots, yes, or you're melting, melting your teammates on like yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep,
1: but it's really fun going into there and just having the options open of you know how, how you're going to take care of each thing. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool to
0: that new game though the was it dark alliance right is that what they're calling isn't that the new one the third person one that game looks pretty neat i mean i hope it gets you know i or i hope it's good you know i hope it's not just kind of a you know generic game because i mean the graphics look great and it just looks like it'd be a lot of fun cooperatively to play kind of going through a team and who's the what's the dark elf what's his name drizz uh jazz yes however they say it um yeah i think they give him like a like just a kick-ass video game would be pretty neat because he's kind of like the storied character you always hear about um, mm-hmm. that the D&D community loves. So I think that'd be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, it'd be good to get more into some of that some of that history um in the D&D universe because I, I don't have too much. I mean, I have played a few campaigns and stuff that had some of the city's names, but uh, I haven't gotten too deep into it. So it'd be fun to play a game. They have an MMO as well. Have you ever tried
0: that? Uh, yeah, what is it? Um a couple Never times Neverwinter, I think. Neverwinter. Yep, that's it. I actually still get from years ago when I was on the um doing like game media stuff. I still get press releases from the guy who every like it's just every every once in a while I'll open my email, it's like new update coming to Neverwinter. Um yeah. I from what I've read about that is it seems like it's it's fun to get into, but you eventually like will hit kind of the paywall. Um oh, okay. it, if Yeah, it's
1: free to play, right? If
0: you want to like kinda go towards the end game stuff. But like for me, I mean kind of like with Elder Scrolls, like I'm just there just to kind of have fun and just kind of explore the world. Like the only game I think I ever really got into Endgame on is Destiny. Like that when I think about it, even like World of Warcraft, I always like, I'm fine just like running dungeons and queuing up. And to me, like, and I've talked about it with Elder Scrolls, like I just enjoy just running normal dungeons. Like I don't need to run the vet dungeons. Sure, yeah. you get some better gear, but I just enjoy the experience of like, hey, here's this, you know, piece, group of random people or maybe a friend or two with us and then some other random guy and we're just running through this and You know, taking out mobs. Like I just, I just enjoy that. I don't need the, you know, grind out for that hard gear because I did that enough with Destiny, and it (laughs) kind of burned me out a little bit. Even this past weekend, watching everybody go through the vault of glass again, I was like, man, that was so awesome, and I would love to do that. But then, deep down, I'm like, ah. But then I gotta go, you know, through just kind of those frustration moments that I was kind of like just getting tired of. But there is something about it. Whenever you kind of, as a team, kind of overcome some of those odds that are that are super fun. So. I don't know. Yeah. I had, had a couple of people people messaging me saying like, are you leveled up, man? We'll go through the vaulted glass. And I'm like, why don't Why don't we go through the Deep Stone Crypt? That's kind of like the easy raid right now that <laughs> they kind of like okay. lower the level on. Like, why, why don't we try that? Maybe, maybe I'll do that. Um,
1: yeah, I was listening to that last word podcast. So the uh, Deep Stone crypts people were upset about it because it's no longer worth doing? or It's I, no longer
0: do- dropping like powerful gear that'll like level you up. That's pretty much what okay. it is. I think it's it is maybe, what, 1250 or 1270, whatever the power level is. And and so up to this point, you could just, every week, that was like one of the things you would do. Like you would, all right, I'm going to level up. And, you know, even let's say you were a 310 character or a 305, let's say, it would drop. The drops would be like 306, 307 or 1306, 1307 to kind of push your, your level up, you know, where now it's not dropping powerful gear anymore. So it's either going to be at level or less. So people are like, well, what's the point of running it? I mean, you know, the, the argument is well. The point of running it is just to run it and have the fun. But now, you know, for the hardcore, it's a waste of time when they could go do something else. And yep. now they're basically pushing everybody to the vault of glass. So okay, so the vault of glass is giving you more. That's good. that's the new yeah. And you know, the the people being upset is the vault of glass is free for everybody. So even if you're a free to play right. player, you get you can do vault of glass. Where oh, perfect Thank deep stone me. crypt is. You had to have access to Beyond Light, which is the new expansion that came out in fall. If you have Game Pass, you get Beyond Light, so you you have it. But if not, you know you're you're out of luck. And so people are like, "Why? You know, I shouldn't lose that. I paid money for that raid. I should be able to run that every week as a powerful drop." But it's the Destiny community being the Destiny community, man. I mean, it's one of those things that you know they're moving on, and yeah, you know that's
1: those are that's the whole thing with the live games and. There was a big thing about when they were losing all that content just to kind of keep the yep keep the size down. I I jumped in for the first time and I don't know I played a bit at lunch, but then I uh, got together with some people and did the raid before it left. And oh, so much fun! It they're, was great. Dude, they're so
0: good. There's so, I mean one of my favorite things with Guardian Radio, and I mean it, I had the luxury, of course, of always having people to run those raids with at that point. But it was like we would do the show every Monday night. And after the show, we'd have like, you know, our podcast crew, we had like three or four of us that would run the raid every week. And we'd pick like two people that were live in our Twitch chat and run the current raid. And that was just like my favorite thing of taking people who've never been through the raid and, you know, just being able to run them through that. It was so much fun and just... You know, plus then we were getting our raid drops for those weeks. You know, it was just kind of the, the scheduled thing we just did every week and it was just so much fun. And then, you know, when the blind you go into the raids blind when they would drop that those days and we would play for like six or eight hours. I mean, there was two times I literally packed a lunch and told my wife, like, I'm putting my lunch next to me right here. I'm not leaving this room except to go to the bathroom. Don't bother me. You know, I'm just we're doing the raid. And it was just So much fun, but very frustrating because you don't know the mechanics and, you know, halfway through we're all arguing with each other and yelling at each other, but then laughing, you know, 10 minutes later, like it just, it's a lot of fun. And and so this week I, or this weekend, I got very nostalgic for that. It was like, man, like all these people running the Vault of Glass again. I mean, we know the raid and and we know these mechanics, but they changed it up a little bit and it just looks gorgeous in Destiny 2 because it's, you know, running at a higher frame rate and the art is all 4K now. It just, I don't know. Yeah. Destiny, man. I've, Destiny I've is awesome. It, it still is awesome.
1: And it was, it was fun listening to you guys, uh, kind of go through each encounter and stuff. Like I totally forgot most of the stuff that was in there. Yeah. So did they change it up a lot? Like, did, um, did they
0: still have like, uh, I know like the, like the Templar fight, you had to take out the oracles and this now you have to do it in a certain order. So when you take those out, you have to like you hear the bings and bongs that go off when they would appear. You have to yeah. listen for the order and then kill them in the order, or you wipe. Same oh, thing when you're fighting wow. Atheon and you go through the portals. Same exact thing. You have to hit them in a certain order, um, or you wipe. Um, they added those Wervans that are kind of now in Beyond Light. They almost look like I don't know. They're just kind of real t- skinny bodies, and they kind of open up at the top, and then they have like these tentacles that come out the top. And a lot of times they'll go up in the air, and then they come pounding and slam the ground at you. They added a bunch of those to the encounters, which those weren't in Destiny 1, and they're just a pain in the ass. And so they added them, of course, you know, champion versions of those kind of these encounters. Um, So it seems pretty difficult. And then, I mean, the interesting thing for day one of the raids that they've been doing is they call it the contest mode. So even if you are, let's say, 1320 and you go into the raid for the first 24 hours, it basically bumps you down to 1300. So everybody was at the same level, where before, people would just grind the hell out of the game you know, for that week leading up to it. And then you'd have teams that are like 1325, you know, 1324. And then you and I would go in and we would only be like 1301. So we really didn't stand a chance against those other guys and right. to get worlds first, that is. So now with everybody, like for that first 24 hours in the the world's first race, they're like, everybody is the same light level. Good luck. And so it basically yeah. opens it up to everybody, which is cool. Um, but now that Not- it's been past the 24 hours, you know, your power basically does matter. So people are able to take out enemies much quicker. And that, right so but
1: yeah i've heard uh the uh expression dad build and that's basically
0: just high enough where you can go in yes and yep <laughs> do it you know you don't have the time to grind and pretty that, yeah but. pretty much me that's what i've all, i always was we'd always get to the point like i would always it always kind of ended up where i was off like the week the expansion would come out or for a couple days and so i would always get at least to the a little bit above the required light level. And so we could go yeah. in and we'd always usually get like the first or second encounter done. And then that was it. Um, but actually nice. the, the wrath of the machine, we got to the final room. And that that was the first time I think we got to the final room like that day. Um, but other than that, like the Leviathan raid, I don't even think we beat the first encounter. It was just terrible. And our, our team that year was kind of rough anyways, but <laughs> it's fun, but all right, awesome. man, well, let me, uh, I need to cut cut it off for already 30 minutes. I know we could talk for forever here. Um, but, uh, as always, man, thanks for supporting the show. I appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me on and thanks for the, uh, daily motivation to get out for a walk and, yes. and listen to what, what's going on in the world, of games. Yeah, I really appreciate it.
0: Awesome. All right, man. Take care. Thanks, Mark. All right. So joining me now, longtime patron here of the podcast and my Dr. Strange. Matt Clark, Matt, what's up, man?
2: Not much, Mark. I'm doing great today. How you doing?
0: Good, man. You you are my Sorcerer Supreme. I, I introduced Nelius as my Tony Stark, as my Iron Man, and you are the uh the Sorcerer Supreme here for our for our team and our Marvel Champions run.
2: Well, it is a pleasure. I'm stoked that we did so well. Forgive me if uh you're hearing stuff in the background. We got uh I got lawn care people out today, so that's what you're hearing. But yeah, Marvel Champions has been a blast. Yep. And uh, just excited to continue to pull out all the spells I can.
0: <laughs> well, we, me and Neil, I mean, I don't want to go out again because I know people listening to this are just like, oh, God, here we go again, Marvel champions. But um, we got a good group, man. And that's why, like, we were debating on maybe switching things up, going into Galaxy's Most Wanted. But I think our team, I think we're I think we're pretty well balanced. So I think we get a good shot here. Although there's no way. We, I mean, we went 5-0 and in Rise of the Red Skull. There's no way we can pull it off.
2: I, hey, I, unless you ask the question, the answer is always going to be no. So, I'm just putting uh, good vibes out there, and <laughs> we'll hope for the best. I'm, I've heard that Ronan is pretty tough, so I, yeah. I don't know. We've got a bit till we get there.
0: Well, we'll see when we get there. But what do you got for this month, man? You got a, a question or a topic, man?
2: Oh yeah. So I uh, wanted to talk with you about Heroes Reborn. I know that you've Ooh, been yes that you've been reading it, and I finally caught up with my poll. Just uh, got done with issue three, um, and I, I've I put in the Discord that I've kind of been on an event fatigue lately, um, because I'm you know it's event after event with comic labels. I understand they need to sell books, but I think so we've got heroes reborn now we just came out of king and black over on dc it was it's infinite frontiers and before that it was endless winter with the justice league and then there was uh war of the realms and marvel and it's just like you know one thing after another we got the hellfire gala coming
0: up too with the x-men right
2: yeah i mean i that one looks pretty cool so i don't know it does, yeah. uh but it's kind of you know every event saying and it will shake the foundations of whichever comic universe it's in and uh i'm just like Okay, like this is a, it's it's tiring me out. But uh, I was really excited for this event because of Jason Aaron as the writer, his amazing work on Thor and the Mighty Thor, um, his Wolverine run, his current run on Avengers, Avengers has been yeah. fantastic. Um, and I've always really been interested in the Squadron Supreme, but they have a very sporadic appearance history in Marvel. Um, so it's cool to get to know them a little bit better. What, how have you been feeling about it?
0: Well, you know, I honestly don't have much of a history with the squadron Supreme. I think really the first times I think I've seen them was in this Avengers run that's going on now where didn't Coulson bring them in for a small bit in that, or am I confusing that? Like early on yeah, like, series? Yeah. Uh... Issue 20 or
3: something
2: like that. Yeah. It was a long time ago.
0: And so like when I jumped in, I didn't even know the Series Reborn event was going really till you posted anything or posted about it. Because uh, I've been kind of keeping up with just Marvel Unlimited. And so it's, you right. know, it's not in there yet. I've just been kind of looking at the new releases there. And so you posted about it. I was like, oh, I got to check this out. And so seeing them, I was like, oh, wow. Like a world where they're essentially the Avengers, right? Because for those, I mean, I talked about it a little bit on the show, but those that don't know, like this event is in a world where Captain America – didn't go on to found the Avengers. Like he, things didn't go so well for him. Let's put it that way. And so the Squadron Supreme are the ones that basically rose to be the heroes. Um, and Agent Colson's the president, right? In this. And so. Yeah, and he's like a
2: bad dude.
0: Yeah. So like, where is all that going? And and then you know how was Blade? And so I guess spoilers for Heroes Reborn here. We're, we're just gonna jump. in. guys. <laughs> how was Blade the one to remember it all? Blade, you know, is the one that comes into this world and sees all the heroes he knows, goes and visits Thor, you know, goes and sees. Um, I, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, Tony Stark you even see at one point. like, yep. how, And they don't know their story because they never became Avengers. You know, Tony Stark never created the Iron Man suit. Thor never picked up that hammer and became the Thor that you know and love. And so it's like, how do they not know that? And why is Blade the one that does? And so Blade goes on this quest to start finding people, and the first person he goes to find is... Captain America, who just so happens to still be in the ice because he was never taken out of the ice. And Cap seems to be kind of on board with it, right? I mean, do, that was kind of my... my. Well, I was a little bummed with this episode or this uh, week's issue because I was kind of hoping to just pick up right where episode, issue two left off. And it didn't. Right. We got into... What was his name? Blur? Was that his name? Yeah. Yeah. And, so we and I think really that's
2: get... what we're going to get with each of the issues. It's going to be... Kind of like the backstory of each member of the Squadron Supreme. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the event, there's um it's the last issue and it's a it's a one shot called Heroes Returned. Oof. So spoiler alert there, I guess. I guess I mean, they're coming.
0: <laughs> is this is this gonna be a big battle, do you think, between the Squadron Supreme and the Avengers? Is that where we're what we're heading um, towards? I think
2: so. I I wanna think because in it was issue one maybe towards the end of issue one i believe that uh blade was speaking with nighthawk the guy who's a lot Mm -hmm. like batman and um who's also a u.s senator and he realizes that something's wrong so i don't know if the squadron supreme actually know what's going on and it's just maybe colson pulling all the chains here um or pulling all the strings here um you know, against their will, they think they're doing all this good, which they have been, but like, you know, Hyperion kills somebody in issue two, and you're like, what? Yep. Like, the person who he kills, you're like, wow, talk about having lasting ramifications on the Marvel Universe, but I'm sure it'll be <laughs> explained away. <laughs> um, yep. It's so this, it's kind of an echo of an event from the late 90s. I think it was 98, 99. It was a run in marvel called heroes reborn and it's actually kind of like a separate universe like this so i'm interested to see if this ties into that at all because that was an event where you see like the hyper masculine photos from you know 90s comic artwork Mm. artwork um and that's where we got ricky barnes who was uh bucky for a little bit she crossed over into this main universe has been like the only female Bucky I'm using air quotes. Um but that was really interesting how they kind of folded it in. It's like how the ultimate Marvel universe was folded, folded in, in to yeah. the main continuity when uh the the imprint went under. Um so it's gonna be really interesting. I'm I love the the kind of combinations of characters that we're getting. Um <clears throat> like Blur this week he is kind of like a thinly veiled version of the Flash from DC. But also in this universe, he's the one who went and studied with the Ancient One instead of Stephen Strange. Yep. And um, him and Wanda are battling for the title of Speedster Supreme, which is like, I love stuff like that.
0: Yep. I can see what Quicksilver basically was dying and Wanda absorbed him. So she's like the speed witch or whatever they call her yeah I mean, it's, it's it's wild and even the, some of the villains you know you have like ultron is just a massive like robot of some kind that is just ridiculous um who who was the venom there was the uh there was like a black you know it almost looked like it reminded uh, me a black skull that's what it was the black skull yeah it's like um, as if red skull had this like up. a nazi Crazy.
2: venom like what
0: <laughs> it
2: <laughs> It reminds me... Did you ever... When was it? I think it was early 2000s. There was... It was a DC-Marvel crossover. um,
0: Marvel versus DC, wasn't it? And what they did...
2: Yeah, and it was like the Amalgam Universe with like Super Soldier, who was a combination of Captain America and Superman. And then there was Spider-Boy, who was a combination of Spider-Man and Superboy. And... um, the amazon who was storm and wonder woman and they put out i think eight one shots of these characters Hmm. and they did it twice and like for those events like all other titles stopped printing so everything was delayed a couple weeks for those two weeks it was marvel and dc were the same universe um with these combined characters i don't think the because I've looked for them before on Marvel Unlimited. I don't think they're there. But if you look it up, they're pretty sick. Um, I collected some of the one-shots a long time ago. And I think I have one of the trade paperbacks somewhere. But it's I love when you combine these characters. It's It really is the best of both worlds. Because there are so many similarities between the characters anyway. Just leaning into it, I think, makes for some great storytelling.
0: Yeah. It's good. It's good. Um, now now where is this? Do we know? Because I'm not caught up on Avengers. I'm on basically we're still in in the midst of the Phoenix on Marvel Unlimited. So where I am. Okay. In Avengers. Are there the current Avengers issue, is there any tie-in to this at all? Or no? This
2: um so I mean I guess if you've read issue three, then the end of Phoenix was kinda of spoiled for you.
0: Right. But... Yeah. Well that was I'm reading that. I'm like, <laughs> oh okay, there's Phoenix. Okay. <laughs>
2: Um, so I, they just started another kind of story arc in Avengers. So I think this is meant to take place immediately after the Phoenix War, like in between that and okay. this next arc, which is just started, which again is, it explains kind of like an absence from Blade, but I don't know if this is what that absence is.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe Blade goes away and he's here and then we hmm interesting i mean i was even trying to think like i mean are they gonna do something just as simple as colson causing this is it just like another cosmic cube type like you know reason for I hope this it's something a little bit more interesting that's what i'm hoping i mean i'm sitting there thinking like what are they <laughs> gonna be doing like don't just tell me this is like he got a hold of it and you know then then he's gonna end up being the red skull underneath or you know something like no don't do that like give us a good reason here for this because it's interesting what's there just they gotta tie it in well and uh yeah but um, go. I would I would tell people go check it out because I mean, the cool thing is kind of like you said, like seeing kind of this this mashing of these for me it was more like the villains. I mean, that first issue and you're just turning every page and it was like, here's these new villains, but it's really two villains that, you know, or maybe a hero and a villain that, you know, kind of mashed together. Um, that was the, really the cool.
2: The artwork is, ama- is amazing. Yeah, it's it immaculate.
0: is immaculate. Like
2: the, the one of the cool things about Wanda Maximoff in this universe is so she's what does she call it like her high speed hexes or whatever they are hyper speed hexes or Mm -hmm. whatever she like creates this you know chain of chaos magic and it like links into this guy's soul and she pulls his soul out of his his body That's right trying to you know like waiting till his spirit dissipates and then he'll die it's like it's gnarly um but even even like the one shots for this are really good i think i mentioned that too um There's been one on Hyperion, which is kind of like a thinly veiled story, kind of like mirroring Superboy in the Legion of Tomorrow um, from DC Comics, where he he's growing up training with the Shi'ar Imperial Guard, which is really cool. Then there's an issue about this universe is Peter Parker and... Like all the other main heroes, he just missed out on getting bit by that spider. Like oh. in the book, he gets, you know, shoved by Flash Thompson and instead the spider ends up on the floor and Flash accidentally steps on it. <laughs> um, but he gains uh, some interesting powers in another way. Not necessarily a great ending for him, but uh, it's the I think the great thing about this run is that there are issues put out every week. It slows down an event so much when you're having to wait every month for yeah. something to come out, oh, yeah. um, and so this is going to be over. I mean, next month it's only seven issues in the main run, then the one-shot finale. So yeah. it'll be good.
0: Yeah. What, what was it? Uh, was it Doomsday Clock that was like every two months or something that DC oh did gosh. for the Return it, of the Watchman? Ridiculous.
2: Well, I, th- I think they were originally meant that to be, you know, a one, you know, a monthly release, but because of story stuff and yeah, it got drug out to. Like over two years or something crazy yeah, it was like ridiculous,
0: that. Ridiculous,
2: man. I never, I never got into that title. I only <laughs> read a few DC books to begin with. So, uh, well, comics aside, wanted to get your opinion on this. Um, at time of recording, I guess it's just a little bit ago we found out about this big merger between Warner Media and Discovery. Mm-hmm. So that means like HBO, HBO Max, all that stuff combining with. A lot of the scripts, properties, like Food Network, HGTV, all that fun stuff. Um, I'm wondering if that will have any impact on Warner Brothers' kind of like dual release model for movies to streaming services and theaters. Because we've already seen um, Dune has already kind of renegotiated their release schedule. They're going to be in theaters first. For so many days, I I don't have the number in front of me, but then it's also going to be released to HBO Max, which I guess that director, um, Dennis, I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, <laughs> go look <laughs> it up. Uh, he was already very vocal about, you know, he didn't sign on to yeah. this deal. He yeah. didn't want it to happen. So I wonder what kind of thoughts you had about don't,
0: that. If well, that don't we change. know like the, the deal won't even really go into play till next year, right? I mean, it still has to all get approved and kind of go through all that. So right. I don't even know if like beyond this year is that that's not even going to really be a thing anymore is it or do you do you think it is you think this is going to stay like not sure I, yeah see i don't know i i have a feeling that we'll see movies i mean they were already were coming rather quickly to like dvd and and pay-per-view and all that um mm-hmm. i think if anything we'll start seeing that maybe like even out to even as little as a month then hitting these services, like I don't, I don't think you're gonna get okay. the, or, or maybe even maybe to be a month to go to those services and then even day and date, like kind of like what Disney Plus has been doing for the premiere access. I could see that maybe becoming a thing, um, where like yeah. I mean I hate to say this, but people are already streaming these movies day one, you know, by bootlegs and and all that. So right. why not just do kind of like what Apple did, where it was like, hey, you know what? We know people are already hijacking these songs off Napster or whatever. Apple eh, we'll charge them a buck. So why not just keep the premier access, say, hey, you still want to go to the theaters? Great. Or you can stay at home and, and still charge a premium price, 30 bucks, 25 bucks, whatever it is for day one or in a month or two, it'll be up on the service and you can just watch it without having to pay for it. You're still going to get people buying it and just not wanting to go to the theater, whether it's you know two, three years from now beyond COVID, people just the ease of being able to watch it at home. Um, right. I think that's the change we're maybe going to see is that you'll start seeing a day and date, or even if it is even a couple days, kind of like you were saying, like Dune has is, is kind of negotiated it for just a couple days, where you'll start seeing the movies where you can just sit at home and pay a premium price to watch it early at home. And then it'll hit these streaming services. Because I mean, that's one of the selling points right now of HBO Max is like, hey, you get access to these movies that are going to the theaters day and date. I mean, that's a big deal. And if they can at least continue that, maybe it's day and date for the premium price, or even, you know, um, for a month from now, you're going to get it. Some movies. I can just wait a month, you know, because I know it'll be on the streaming service in a month. I don't need to go see it right away. Now, movies like like Black Widow, that's going to be, we've already decided, like, that's our first movie back in the theaters. Like, we're there <laughs> day one. You know, of course, any of the Marvel movies, I'll be there for sure. Um, even though that is going to be a premiere movie too, right? You can sit at home. I think I yeah. pay for that. Yeah. but
2: Well, no, I I'm think that's the, the one that I'm going to be like, oh, I'll go see it in the theaters and then... You know, I'll pay the thirty bucks so I can just be watching around the house between when I decide, right? You know, pick it, you know, yeah, it. exactly. Um, I I think it's it's going to be really interesting. I don't know if the HBO Max model is something that extends beyond this year. I don't um, think it does. I think they said it was just if, this year. If we're to believe what you know, we're reading in the press, um, the guy at Warner Media who you know it was his big charge to lead this he it sounds like he's negotiate trying to negotiate his way out of the company before this merger happens oh. um so it's like shake up the whole company and then like dip out so who knows if this will even be a thing next year or if they're like you know scrap it all hmm. um but i going back to what you said i disney announced that i think it was it chi and is, i think the eternals they'll have Forty-five day theatrical runs, and then they'll go to streaming. Okay. And that's you—that I mean that's a short.
0: I was gonna say that's not long enough. Theatrical window because wow.
2: it, it used to be what it was like almost used to be like sixty to ninety days for a theatrical three, In and,
0: my head, I always think three months. Like, and even yeah. that was when it had been shortened down. I mean, prior to that, you know, years ago it was six months or whatever. But yeah, about three months usually is when you would see it. Um, but man. That, I mean, that's awesome. That's great news. Cause then you could yeah, break things down much quicker. Cause I love that. Like once you see a movie the one time, then you go back. That's why I would always buy like star Wars movies on DVD and Blu-ray, like the day they came out. Cause I wanted to watch them, even though I'd already seen them probably two or three times in theaters. Like I wanted yeah. to be able to sit there and freeze frame things and look at things in the background and being able to do that that quick, um, would really get you set up for the next Marvel release right by that point. You right. Know, you'd be able to watch the previous Marvel release right before you go see the new one. Um, That's awesome. What do you think they're going to do though with the the service? You think they're going to just combine them into one, or at least do like you can piecemeal it out and kind of do like what Disney Plus does with like Hulu and ESPN Plus, or is it going to kind of be like that one? I think that would be.
2: uh, I think that would that might be the smartest decision, but then I'm not sure. I think it's going to be kind of like a honeymoon phase. They're going to judge and see how well the excuse me how well the two services do together, they're going to introduce some kind of changes. I mean, I, I have no idea. This is just like what I feel. <laughs> and then possibly if there's you know smart stuff, maybe the smart stuff, uh, you know, good results from like either new content or new strategy, maybe they would combine the two. But if something were to happen, you know, a few years down the road, just like, you know, this split from AT&T, it makes it that much messier to try and pull them apart again.
0: That's true. That's, you good know, point. it's yeah. easy
2: to have HBO max and discovery plus, but once you have discovery, HBO right, max, yeah. whatever it is, um, you know, it's like, that's when, <laughs> that's when, you know, like taking the kids back and forth to, you know, mom and dad's every other weekend gets kind of messy and starts to have its effects on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, I really have no idea. Um, that's a really interesting question, though. I had Discovery Plus for a week trial. I ended up canceling it. Um, I'm a big Food Network person, mm. and so I was watching a bunch of content there. And then I realized that I also have that on demand with, you know, my my TV service. So I was like, oh, well, then I, I mean, it is only seven bucks a month, but I'm not gonna watch anything else on here.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I used to be an old school travel channel fan, but now it's all like portal to hell and like ghost adventures. And I was we, like, Hey, traveling hey, hey. we
0: watch ghost adventures in my house. It's the only ghost show that we watch. My wife and I, I don't know what but it is. Mark, about I those don't idiots. want to travel
2: there. Mark. I want to travel to like the beach or yes. somewhere. I don't want to travel well, to hell.
0: I want to learn about history. I don't want to watch Pawn Stars, but it's like all these channels have all switched That's over. They, very they, they true. have nothing to do with their name. Like what, what is it? Uh, whatever gold show and and we're making swords and stuff like that it's like i want history man like where's my world war Two documentaries or something like that's what i want to watch why am i watching TLC some guys used
2: to be the learning channel now yeah. it's like 90, 90 day dude, fiance yeah. my 600 pound life and
0: dude disco we we actually have discovery plus because my my wife likes i mean we we do watch a lot of travel channel stuff we like the food stuff we like um mm-hmm all the, uh, or she likes like the interior design shows and all that stuff. And you can get all that on discovery plus even she's been watching some old ones. She used to watch like back when HGTV and TLC actually used to show some of those things. And so we actually, we still have a subscription to it and and we enjoy it. But it's like when we first got into that service, I mean, they were throwing that 90 day fiance stuff in your face. When when you log into it for people that don't have discovery plus at the top, it'll say like, um, like crime and mystery or something, paranormal, food, home. And then one just says relationship. And like when you click on relationship, it's all that garbage. It's like 90 Day Fiance. And then they have those shows, plus then all these Discovery Plus specific shows where they talk for hours on end to the people that are on those shows even more so. And it's like, it's just such an exploitation of people, man. Like it really, I'm usually not caring about like reality tv and that but th- those shows are just I when know. i was in
2: high school it was the whole teen mom oh, series on mtv yeah. and yep. now they have like six or seven casts of six. it and they're and it was
0: <laughs> <laughs> or seven or eight nine
2: and it was it's just like there's the og teen mom cast and it's like why do what I... you're not a teen mom anymore why why would anyone <laughs>
0: whatever it's it's the it's teen mom's I, kids, kids now going to school. Like that's oh. why
2: I, that's why I've siloed myself over here in <laughs> movies and uh, video games and comics yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, very interesting to see where all that
0: goes. Yeah, kind of funny, man. I, I mean, I would it would make sense. I, I didn't even really think of that because I was thinking like, oh, they'll combine them. But yeah, keeping them separate so if down the line they do need to break them up um it'll be the easiest way and i'm sure there'll be a discount like we said kind of now for yeah uh, maybe
2: bundling will be the smartest that's thing what they're because gonna that's do, what yeah disney is doing with hulu and espn yep. plus
0: um i wasn't just, even just the brands I, right i mean hulu is its oh, yeah. own brand so when you see hulu like if you just bundled all that into discovery or to disney plus you, you're totally devaluing the name of hulu and same thing like just Who's bigger? I'm sure HBO probably is bigger in terms of the name, of course, but discovery is a pretty big name as well. Like a lot of people worldwide know the name, the discovery channel, you know, that's a big name. So it's like those IPs, you don't want to just get rid of one and say, okay, HBO max is all of this. It's like, no, you want to keep them separate because it's still, you don't want to devalue those names for, like you said, down the line, maybe there is a split. Then you can, you can split it and keep the value there. Um, when you break it off. Crazy. Think of it that
2: way. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what's gonna happen. I think it'll be that kind of bundle thing. Because I don't know if there are as many rights issues as there are with like Disney and because that's why there's the whole Disney Star thing. Like we we see people on the Discord and it's like, oh yeah, I've got this on store. It's inside my Disney Plus app and it's like, huh?
0: Yeah, what?
2: I've got to have like three other streaming services to get this. But <laughs> I, now, I, I will say I thought it was interesting. Actually, yeah
0: when CBS rebranded to Paramount, that was kind of interesting. Cause they had what CBS all access. Is that what it was called for like two or three years? Yes. And now that is Paramount, right? The Paramount channel or Paramount service. Um, and
2: that's the one I haven't checked out yet because as CBS all access. I was, you know, dipping my toe in the water, but now that it has all that other stuff, I'm not sure.
0: I want to, well, are you a big, big CSI
2: guy? NCIS fan? And they have all that there. So it's like, ugh.
0: Oh, wait, whoa, whoa. Speaking of which you blew my mind the other day. Cause I didn't know that CSI Vegas was in the works. And oh, yeah. dude, I, I woke up and recorded the podcast that morning, saw the trailer, of course, talked about it on the show. It, you know, I usually get up like five 15, five 30. I was yeah. I right almost to the bed. point of going and waking my wife up and saying, you need to look at this right now. She came down the stairs that completely made her day. She's like, that's the best thing I've seen all year. <laughs> Like, thank you for sending me that trailer because that that's it. Nice. Like, we love CSI. And the fact that Grissom, it's, it's Grissom, dude. Grissom is back. That is everything right there. It's all I needed.
2: I'm, so originally when I started my career in journalism, I wanted to go into just regular entertainment journalism. My favorite time of the year is spring because this is when we start hearing network announcements of things that have been picked up to series pilots that have been picked up things like that and it's around you know may and june when the net the networks start putting out trailers and teasers for the new series in the fall to start generating hype um and so i was like oh you know i haven't really watched a lot of the trailers for the new shows um because i'm a big fan i'm a i watch a lot of tv and a lot of my favorite shows have been shows that have been you know canceled after one season they made it like 12 episodes and the network's like uh no thanks (laughs) uh and it's so interesting to see how you know the vision caught in one of these trailers is something that can change but it's they started talking about this i think last i think early 2020 and they were trying to bring back the entire original cast Um, like uh, George Eads and Mark Hilgenberger and, Mm. you know, everybody. Uh, But I think it was one, going to be too costly. And two, they were like, you know what? I don't have to do this anymore. I don't have to do, you know, a thousand episodes of a TV show, you know, get a paycheck because, you know, I put my time in. But I think it's the perfect amount of original cast. I think it's a perfect premise um, because the nature of forensics changes so much Mm -hmm. that it's going to be a completely new show. Um, I forget the name of the lead. She's the the black lady who's running yeah. the the crime lab now. But she's been in a few other procedural dramas. She's fantastic. Um, she's been a medical examiner. She's been a she's been a police officer. And so I think it's going to be really cool to see what she brings to the role. And I mean Grissom and Sarah, they look like they haven't skipped a beat. I know. Like the exactly actors look same. great. It'll. It's going to be a good show.
0: Okay, first of all, number one, I can't believe I can't think of his name right now, the the, the bald cop guy, the, the classic like cop. He's in it. They show him in the trailer, briefly.
2: Can I, I see his name in the opening credits, Paul Guilfoyle, but That's I can't it, think Gilfoyle. of his name.
0: <laughs> but he's going to be in it. Now, the way this trailer kind of left off, at the end we see them go to a storage unit, and there's somebody doing some sort of forensics in there, right? Is that kind of what you're pulling from it? Right, and
2: it's that it's- someone is – From what I gathered from it, that someone is like kind of doing that to like throw them off. So they're either doing it like they're using it to cover up crimes or they're using it to just throw the lab off of, you know, like the trail of someone who is.
0: Okay. Because I was kind of taking it that maybe this is going to be somebody from their past coming back.
2: Oh my gosh, dude! That's a thousand episodes of people that you can look back.
0: But I'm I'm talking main <laughs> cast and crazy, crazy yeah. in my head. And we saw him dead. Who is the actor that ended up getting canned from the show for doing drugs? The black guy that was awesome in like the first five or six. Oh seasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, what if it ends up they pull that guy back? I can't believe I can't think of his name, but like, cause he he was great. Like I loved his character in the show. Like what if he? They just pull somebody like that back and like bring him back in. I don't know. That'd be
2: crazy because I don't know if that guy has worked since.
0: I know. He, I don't think he has. <laughs> He's probably in jail Plus right now. But
2: um, that'd be nuts. Yeah, or
0: just somebody like that. You know, bring someone in. I think would be cool. But dude, we could sit here and talk CSI probably all day. Oh. But uh, we'll, we'll oh, definitely yeah. have time to do that once that show comes out. But I gotta wrap it up, man. I appreciate it as always, dude, for supporting the show. And uh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna kick some uh, some drang butt this uh, this Thursday for sure. Galaxy's must want it. So. I can't wait. Yep. All right, man. Well, thanks as always, dude. Thanks, Mark. Have a good one. Take care. All right. So, joining me now, longtime patron of the show, Phantom Flyer. Phantom, what's up, dude?
3: What's up, man? How you doing?
0: Good, man. So, I know you just gave me a little tip off of here what we're gonna be talking about, and I'm glad because I know you even hit me up on Twitter about this as well and that is Mass Effect. So, Yes. yes. <laughs> so I just want to put – because I do want to open it up where we are going to be talking about some spoilers probably, I'm sure, about Mass Effect. So I know Neelius has not uh, ever played Mass Effect. He's kind of getting through it right now. So spoiler alert I will just throw out there because we probably are going to mention some things that you may or may not want spoiled in Mass Effect. So um, just tossing that out there. But Phantom, what do you want to talk about with Mass Effect, man?
3: Um. First of all, I, I want to know uh, about your Shepard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm running a Vanguard. I always, which I don't think I did that in the original game. Um, I think I switched to Vanguard when it, when the Mass Effect 2 came out. Cause that's when you get the charge, right? When you get the big like charge, you kind of blast forward. and You can smash into people. Um, oh, okay, yeah, I loved that in Mass Effect 2 um so whatever i think it's vanguard is the name of that class and so in the first so now replaying through mass effect one i picked that class just so i can i want to be consistent you know through this kind of replay of the whole trilogy um even though you can now use any gun which before the you were kind of limited on your weapons um when you played it he is a uh, I believe i was earthborn so i wanted to make sure that you know he was from earth but so far this playthrough i am being very paragon I uh, <laughs> yeah. I can never in even in any game, I can never find myself to be the jerk. Like do you find yourself being able to do that? Like do you go renegade?
3: No, no it's really very it's very hard to I can't. You, I just can't. You don't want to be the jerk.
0: <laughs> no, I mean sometimes I'll go middle of the road, you know, but 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 with Mass Effect sometimes like I'll go what I think is Paragon. And then he'll say something. I'll be like, no, don't. Why'd you say that? Like, because they never say what is on the screen. It's like kind of what's inferred. But sometimes like the tone and things that he says, I'm like, no, don't say it like that. We wouldn't say it that way. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so you're going all Paragon too, then?
3: I mean, there, I guess a few of the choices that I have made have been a bit renegade okay. at some point. I don't remember what choices those were. But I know that like usually the, the very, very top um is gonna be your Paragon. Right. The very, very bottom yeah. answer is gonna be your renegade and then neutral is the middle. But um yeah, I, I think at some point I may have said something that <laughs> gave me a little bit of renegade, but yeah.
0: yeah. Now all through. I roll like right now I'm on let's see, I've been to Pharos and I just did um what was the second planet I was on? Um I got Liara. That was kind of the the second planet i went to so my squad right now is always Garrus. Garrus is always in my squad like i just i I always he always reminds me of like not that i'm a big star trek fan but like the spock like he's very smart he seems like he's the guy like i i go by what Garrus says like he's always giving me good commentary on like the people we're meeting his intentions i believe in Garrus. liara now is in my group i had tally in there up to this point um but i never roll roll with rex i never roll with uh who are the? I always forget their names because I never have them with me. The two humans. What what are their names?
3: Oh, you, Ashley or Caden. Ashley or Caden.
0: And and I'm, in the end, I don't really care who who dies in this game. I know you got to pick one or the other. I think mm-hmm. Ashley was always with me. I think Caden was the one I had to go away. But now, listening to the Mass Effect lore cast, which people have heard me talk yeah. about, and knowing about Ashley's history and how she may be a little bit, let's say, racist. I don't have her in my party enough to notice that, but kind of hearing that on the lower cast, I'm like, Ashley may be the one biting the bullet here at the end of this one. Cause we don't need anybody like that around. We all got to live together in harmony in my galaxy. So who do you usually have in your squad when you're out?
3: Um, well, I'm in, uh, an aspect one. It was definitely, um, like you, Garris. Garris is just amazing. He's I love great. Garris, dude. I love Garris. Except in the second one, he kind of becomes an ass.
0: He does, but, yeah.
3: Um, yeah. Let's see. Um, Garris, and then, uh, oh, Tali. Tali, okay. Yeah. I like Tali. Um, because usually. The reason why is because they both or one of them has really good hacking skills mm-hmm. and all that. So like when it comes to uh, getting items from decrypting things and all that, um, I, I need to have them on there. Otherwise, my level isn't high enough. So I always usually have those guys in my party so I can open everything that I find. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which that was the one part where I was like in Mass Effect One where I was like, man, I feel like in order to get anything, I have to bring them along every time. Because <laughs> otherwise, I'll bring I'll bring somebody else along. It's like, oh nope, you can't hack this because you're not high enough. Like, dang, all right.
0: Yep. I I don't know, man. Like I just I do like Tally. I mean, that's why I kind of had her there in the beginning because and it makes sense for her to be able to hack well, right? I mean, she's a Quarian, and they've like that's their race. They they live on. What do do they call it? They're just the floating, like, they don't have a home planet anymore. They're just, like, out the fleet, right, the something fleet. And so, like, they're all into technology and all that. And, like, that's why I love this series. Like, there's so much story and lore there, and it has, it comes to, like, practical use with the characters. Like, here you have a character like Tally, and she, yeah, she's the one that's going to be able to hack everything and do all the uh, technology things that you need to be, you know, to have done in the game um it's incredible i think you know for you having been in school for game design and all that like and you look at what they were able to achieve with this like you know what are you picking out now not only just playing through the game again as you know a gamer and enjoying it for what it is like are you do you feel like your play through this time is a little bit different do you have a little bit of a per- different perspective now having you know being a game designer yourself now
3: um uh, i guess i don't fully understand that question
0: i don't um, know just i'm just like when you play and maybe it's not even a mass Effect. like when you play games now like do you look at it differently mm-hmm. now than you did before
3: oh definitely you I'll, do. I'll pinpoint i'll pinpoint things where i'm like oh they messed up here or, oh okay, <laughs> do you really <laughs> yeah
0: that's awesome um like just
3: yesterday when i was playing Mass Effect two i uh i was clipping into like something like all oh, the the collider on that <laughs> uh particular asset wasn't large enough so your your head and your half of your body is inside of oh the thing, which, man those are not bug breaking or like game breaking so i mean they're bugs and that's like the, when i was play testing all the stuff that we were trying to make for school we were always trying to find bugs like z fighting stuff clipping stuff like those even though they're not game breaking we'd get like docked points for so um yeah hmm. i I, those are the ones that i find all the time though in games is Because there's a lot of assets and stuff in those games. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of all of it. So,
0: what else uh, with Mass Effect? Are you enjoying? So, you have you did you jump right into it and and play one first, and now you've moved on to two, or did you jump right into two?
3: Yeah, I finished one, but I was a little disappointed because I didn't remember. it got to a point where I was like, oh, I just want to I'll, I'll go and I'll finish the main story and then I'll just go back and do all the other like side missions." Mm-hmm. You can't do that in Mass Effect one. Once no. you've done the full story, uh your save point is where Saren is. Or, oh jeez. Yeah, that fight. So note to self,
0: make both. sure I'm saving before Saren, basically swing so dip into some of that oh, DLC.
3: Make, make sure you uh do all the side stuff before you Go after Saren, because <laughs> okay. otherwise you're not gonna be able to go back. Right. Those yeah. side missions. um I did a couple of them. I think I did the one DLC where it was like it was Batari- it was the Batarians trying to um, get an asteroid to hit a planet.
0: Yes, I um, did that one. I did that one.
3: Yeah, that's a DLC.
0: Oh, was it? Okay. See, I didn't know that, and I was trying. To, I'm like, did I play this? But it was like it was one of the first things that kind of threw at me, and uh, okay. Yeah, see, I didn't even realize that was DLC. I just kind of thought that was part of the game, but I did that where you kind of di- divert it. Um, okay. No, I totally killed that guy. He's dead. <laughs> oh, I didn't.
3: I saved the people because it was a paragon choice.
0: Oh, that's that right. Actually... Oh, the people that blew up. Yes, I didn't mean for them. Where he blew them up, right?
3: He's yeah. Up... He... Oh yes,
0: I know, man. Yeah. I screwed that up.
3: So I saved. I saved them. I um, see, you'd think though. I mean, it's it's one of those controversial decisions like it's the lives of the many outweigh the lives lives of the yes
0: few. yep
3: um but i uh, think i said that
0: whatever it was i picked that choice and he's like okay then and he like blew him up and i was like no you weren't supposed to do that so then it was like okay it's on now and then i just murdered him and his friends took i a
3: almost wished like it's that it started a timer for you and if you were able to defeat him fast enough you yes yeah but I what but hey that's
0: what and that's why i love this series cuz it's like your decisions, you know, in the moment matter, which i mean even come mass effect 2 and even 3 where you really even have those quicker paragon and renegade decisions, right? Where you can kind of quickly pull the trigger real fast and they kind of put yeah. those out there and th- that's only a prompt on the screen for a couple seconds. And so it's like in the moment am i going to punch this guy in the face or am i going to, you know, quick quickly try to grab him with a paragon, you know, move whatever it is like That's why I've loved the series, and it doesn't seem like any series has really done it right. Like, I've I've seen a couple people tweet about this, and as I've been playing it, I'm I'm kind of feeling the same way. Like, they just don't make games like this anymore, you know. And I don't know if it's the size and scale that the game had and all that, but it's like games just don't like. Why? What is it about Andromeda? Like, I don't know how like how you felt about Andromeda. Like to me, that game just never really captured me. And I've tried to go back to it a couple times and even was playing it about a month or so ago and enjoying it more so this time than I did my original play of it, but I never finished it. And it's like, I don't know what it is about Andromeda compared to this, like this immediately, even though it's a dated older game, the gameplay is not as good as Andromeda, if you wanna say the story and the dialogue choices and all that are leagues beyond what was in Andromeda. And I don't know, you just don't get games like this anymore
3: i'm hoping with the uh the next one that comes out the next mass effect which is supposed to be like mass effect 4 like within the same yeah story arc as Shepard or, or what whatever I'm, I'm hoping they kind of go back to their roots I, I hope they i hope they resident evil it where you're like <laughs> yeah. all right well we did we did this one game it didn't do very well but we we know what they did like and we're gonna stick to those yeah. guns instead of um yeah but I uh i don't know hmm. I don't what know it, what else
0: is it about mass effect that you uh, i mean has it always been the story that's kind of tied you there to it
3: the, uh, this the story but like even more than that like, each each race has its own culture and like the amount of detail that they put into all of that it's it's crazy
2: the mm-hmm. I mean, that... it,
3: it feels like a breathing, living, breathing world yeah. because of this culture, their story. Um, it's, it's I lo- but I love the culture of the different cultures and, um, learning about them as I go through.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I, you know, I was telling people on the show and I'm glad you kind of took the advice. Listen to that, the, the lore cast. I mean, they're doing a great job. Um, basically every episode kind of listening through it. Now I was talking to Nelius at the beginning of this episode and he was saying, you know, he's going in for the first time. I I told him not to listen to podcasts. I mean, you would get a better appreciation and a better understanding, but like I, if he doesn't want things spoiled, there are going to be some things spoiled. I mean, in that, you know, just inherently, I mean, they are going into the history of these races, but you know, for people like us who have played through it and kind of know where it goes, it gives you just a a better appreciation, I think for everything. And, And like, the game always felt lived in and felt like this living, breathing world. But now it's even more so because I'm, I'm noticing little things there that I didn't notice before, you know, knowing more about the races. And, and I mean, even just like I said, the quarians, knowing more about the quarians. And I knew about the fleet that they, you know, had no home planet and they always lived there, but it never made sense to me. Why Tally is the better hacker and better at all the science and all that. And now it's like, Okay, that all makes sense. And and so when you see the just the clothes that she's wearing and, you know, her respirator that she kind of wears and all that, I don't know. I just have a better understanding for that and, and better appreciation for the the artwork and the styles of everything that's in the game. Um, it's awesome. And and the fact that they were they had all that plotted and planned out before it all launched, you know, like I, I mentioned it on the show. Like you look at destiny, sure, we're at a point now with destiny where um a lot of the lore is there and all that, but it took years and years and years to get there. Where with this, it was like day one, it was there if you wanted to find it. And even if you didn't want to find it, you kind of just got it through osmosis of talking to these characters and digging deeper into conversations and exploring these, these different space stations and planets. And it's awesome, man. Like it is just so cool. And I I think, didn't you and I talk about like either the last Patreon or one of the times about how there has not been a series for this yet like or maybe somebody sent a question in and we talked about it like how has there not been a mass effect true animated or live action series yet like where is that because we need it because everything is there for you like it's just ripe for the picking there's so many stories you could tell
3: an animated movie
0: that's right they did for one of the i think when one of the uh games is getting set to come out but
3: yeah it was before two But it's like uh,
0: come on man there's so i mean this how is this not like a netflix show like imagine if they did the what the what the witcher did on netflix even if it wasn't live action like i mean castlevania is what four seasons do mass effect people i mean science fiction right now is so ripe i mean look at the expanse you know how have how have we not had a show like that in the mass effect universe um yeah it would be amazing I hope they I'm do it someday.
3: To the books too. The books pretty
0: good. Yeah, I've read the the first two books, and which that's what I said to Ilia's. I before I played the first game, I read that first book, so you kind of get the history of you know Anderson and Saren and kind of like before that, and um, you know then when you jump into in the first book and as Shepard, you're digging in you're you're questioning anderson like oh you have a history like what is your history and like i read that in the book and like that blew my mind i was like i read this prequel book and here's this character here's what he really looks like here's what he sounds like and you know now i'm chasing this guy Saren, who was in the book as well but now he's the villain and it just i don't know it's so neat um when a video game can do that kind of cross mediums um it's cool
3: I guess before we have to go, because it's, it's getting close here, I, I want to... There's a question that was asked in that other... Po- the um, Mass Effect uh about uh, choosing a canonized ending and having oh. that be the ending for the next installment. Uh. Um, how, how would that make you feel? And then I really quick we will just want to mention something that they didn't mention in the podcast where i was like well i mean it doesn't have to be but first i want to know how you feel about how that. i feel
0: about them canonizing an ending uh-huh. i think uh, personally i think it's fine i have no problem with it because that that ending was so divisive that i mean there's no way they can appease everybody in that case so i think just making the decision and saying here's the story moving forward it, it just allows them to i think re- have better writing Right? If, if this is the ending that everybody's going to have, this is the canonized ending, the writing they're going forward can be even better because then they can base everything, every reaction from every character, every conversation is going to be based off of what that canonized ending is. If they try to d- write around it where it could go either way or... I mean, there's really no way they can import saves. I mean, I understand they could do the whole thing in the beginning where it's like, what would you have done in this situation and have you pick like 10 different things? They, I mean, I guess they could go that route. Um, but I, I personally would be fine with a canonized ending. I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, again, because I think for the writing, it would be better in that case. So the writers could just focus on, okay, this is the ending everybody has. This is the state of the world at this point. Where if they don't canonize an ending, then they have to write everything around each of the three endings and then that essentially becomes three different versions of what the game is going to end up being or three different dialogue choices that are just, you know, lead to more dialogue choices, which I mean, it's just, there's so much. So I think canonizing an ending is fine.
3: Okay. Um, well, I, I, they had pointed out in the show that like they saw th- in, in the trailer, there's obviously a dead Reaper in the background of that trailer. Right. And they said the only ending where you actually, killed the reapers was the one where you decided to destroy them and i was like well i don't remember much of three but wasn't wasn't there a fight going on before you had to make that choice isn't there a good uh-huh. chance that maybe they took down some of the reapers before that so well, that's like- what i
0: was thinking and and just as you were talking out loud saying that so the same thing i was thinking like yeah i mean somewhere else they could have taken a reaper out right i mean didn't isn't Saren's ship a reaper
3: Yeah, they took down Saren's. And don't we take take down
0: Saren's ship? So I'm not saying that is Saren's ship, but it's like somewhere in the galaxy, somebody else could have took a Reaper out. Like, it doesn't mean that, you know, oh, geez, my watch is listening to me. I don't know. (laughs) But it's just, yeah, like I, I, yeah, definitely. So it doesn't mean that is the choice um, because sure, yeah, there was a massive, the whole time, that whole final thing is one giant battle. And all I remember is like, just, I don't know if you're climbing, because I haven't played Mass Effect 3 in years the ending of that really since probably the first time i played it but like i remember it's a massive battle you're kind of saying goodbye to everybody as you're going up and then there's just things exploding all around you and it's almost like just this big long drawn out walk to get to that point at the very very end and then you know the decision kind of has to be made i guess at that point um yeah so yeah hell yeah i mean there's casualties on both sides so a reaper casualty definitely
3: I definitely think there is a way for them to canonize everything, though. They're, they're, whether you pick the ending where you, the it's almost like an evolution that happens for everyone, mm-hmm. um, they become a little bit. I don't remember how how it works, but they become a little bit synthetic. So like they're saying, like how is Holly or not Tali. Um, how is Liara. she? Liara. how is she able to breathe without one of the respirator things? True. Well, yeah. If they've if they've evolved, then that's how maybe they can breathe that air, and um you see a dead reaper because some reapers died, or it, depending on the ending you chose, like maybe if you didn't choose the ending where uh they've evolved, then maybe somehow they came up with some new technology in that in that span of time that uh from what from three to the next game that they came up with some new technology where they didn't need it
0: they didn't need it, yeah. Hmm. Um, oh, I can't wait, man. So
3: yeah, I can't wait. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, really, just playing the series again, it, it's been it's been a joy. I even this weekend seeing everybody run the Destiny 2 Vault of Glass, like I picked up Destiny and played each day for maybe like 30 minutes, ran a strike, ran the new override thing, and then this morning I was like, "Oh, let me dip back into Mass Effect." And just firing it back up, I was like as much fun as I had playing Destiny. Why did the time I had this weekend? Why did I play Destiny? I should have just played more Mass Effect because, like, the story hooks and everything, and just being in that universe is, I've missed it. Like, I didn't realize how much I really enjoyed that series until I kind of dipped back in here. Um, It's great. And and then knowing that we're going to get to be with these characters again and continue that story here, and who knows, however many years it's going to be till that game comes out um, is exciting. Very exciting. So. All right, Phantom, well, let's wrap it up there, man. Uh, I appreciate it as always, man. And keep me up to date on where you are in Mass Effect because I, w- I would like to know kind of just your thoughts here as you move forward through the game because I'm still on one right now. So I think I'm – where am I? I'm on the next – it's that – when you get to the base and there's like the blizzard, it's right after, like I said, I went to Pharos, then I got Liara, right, yeah. and I'm on this third place. So um, you're,
3: you're trying to take down Vanessa. Yes, that's or it. Or Liara's mother?
0: And then, yes, I'm after her mother. And this isn't where we come across the Arachni, is it? It is. It is. Okay. So I was trying to remember. I'm like, is this is this the spot? Which I think my first, very first, because I played through Mass Effect 1 twice before 2 came out. And I mean, really, I don't think you revisit the Arachni until the third one, right? Is that when they come back? I think I killed them my first run and saved them in my second run. So I had the, I had the queen was able to kind of come into Mass Effect 3. So I'm definitely going to save them. I think this time, because I'm I'm gonna need their help <laughs> a little bit later yeah. on at Mass Effect 3. So, but but who knows? I mean, maybe the dialogue choice is kind of the route I'm going on. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I don't remember how those conversations go. Nice, I'm just gonna have to <laughs> wait and see. Spoil it don't spoil either. it, man. I can't wait. I'm <laughs> loving it. So, all right, man. Well, I appreciate it, too. Thanks for joining me as always, man. Thanks for uh, supporting the show.
3: And thanks for providing the show.
0: Yeah, you're welcome, man. Take care. Take care. All right. Well, there you have it. Lots of great conversation here this month. Lots of Mass Effect talk. Obviously, you can tell Mass Effect is something that uh, not only myself, but a lot of people enjoy. And I I know, hey, I hate to keep bringing it up here on the podcast, but I'm almost done now since we recorded that with Mass Effect 1. I'm kind of heading back to the, well, I'm not going to spoil anything just in case somebody's listening. But let's just say I'm getting close, getting close to Mass Effect 2. And again, that series just continues to uh, prove why. It is so good. But thanks here again, as always, guys, for supporting the show. If you are a patron of the show and uh, you know you want to be here on the show, let me know. I always put that message up. Or right now, let me know. Say, hey, I want to be on next month so we can make sure we get you on. And you can always submit the written topics as well because I will put those here on the podcast. Um, so just hit me up in the Discord with those. And again, if you want access to that Discord and early access to the show and you want to be on the podcast, all you got to do, find that link down below. Find out how you can become a patron and uh, get yourself here uh, set up with the Enthusiast Live community and uh, get yourself here set up with the podcast. So guys, again, thank you, man. I can't believe we made it 18 months here with this uh, patron for the show. It's, it's still wild to me that we're, we're going this long. Uh, but, uh, you know, I love doing the show. It is just so much fun to come to you every single day talking about all these things that we're all just excited about. It's really great. So everybody have a great rest of your day. And, uh, I don't know when you're listening to this or when I'll be talking to you again, but I'm sure it'll be very soon. So take care and we'll catch you next time.